0: There were um, freed slaves that primarily migrated from South Carolina and North Carolina that went to Nova Scotia. This was in um, 1895. Um, and they started what was um, has been described as the first hockey league before the National Hockey League was actually uh, uh, came into being. And um, things like the slapstick are, are um, associated with the, that first black team.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Strong cats You know what season it is. It's NBA playoffs, but it's also the second season of hockey. The first season is the regular season. And in my opinion, the second season, which is the playoff season, is just as long as the regular season. And everybody knows I am a huge hockey fan. My son Antonio played hockey and soccer uh, when he had, was in school in Minnesota. And you know, when you go to Minnesota and sit out in the cold and you watch these youngsters play, you can't help but become a fan. I remember I was in um, London once and when he was a little boy, I was attending some conference and you know kids are really the best it doesn't take much but they want to spend time with their parents you got to negotiate it so i asked him well what do you want to do he said i just want to be able to kick a soccer ball or uh, rotate a hockey stick in a garage somewhere and i'll never forget the conference was over at 10 pm at night and i found myself in a parking lot 1 a.m in the morning with antonio with a hockey stick so my history of of hockey uh, goes way back. But I think to me, it's one of the best sports in the world. And we're so honored to have Kim Davis on today who is the executive director, um, special programming, uh, social responsibility when it comes to hockey. She works for the National Hockey League. And when I was talking to my friend, Mignon Moore, we were on a train ride. You know, everything happens with a train ride. <laughs> uh, not the Orient Express. You got to do that, by the no. way. The Orient Express, you must take advantage of that. But anyhow, we were on a train ride. And she's telling me about this wonderful human being who worked all these years at J.P. Morgan and Chase, uh, who's now a major player in, in Major League Hockey. And we wanted to come in. Because you know what? think about hockey, and I, and I, I know people talk about diversity. I talk about diversity in different ways. I like the diversity of ideas, diversity of uh, concepts, um, diversity of cultures mm-hmm. and perspectives. It's not always about race, but I will tell you this, Miss Davis, and I, I want to start out this way. My nieces and my nephews, they were all in town uh, for Thanksgiving. I had uh, I had a huge uh, cadre of them. And I said to them I was going to take them to a hockey game. And they said, hockey? <laughs> We're going to a hockey game? <laughs> I right. go- go- said, I don't want to go I said, but you're going. <laughs> okay? You're going. And then if you don't like it, fine. Okay, I'm sure will not take you to another hockey game. I will tell you this, from my sisters to all the kids, like, like 13, 14, 16, this is no joke, before even in the first quarter and even in the first quarter before they were seven minutes into the game they fell in love with this game yes they fell in love with it and so when they were back here a few weeks ago when the caps were in the first playoff game we, we attended i mean it's just something uh, it's not like football it's not like basketball it's not like anything they fell in love with the sport and so what i realized from that when you expose these kids to hockey It transcends everything. What is it? First, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us.
0: I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. How did you end up in the world of hockey? Oh gosh, that's always the first question. (laughs) So I had a chance to, as a consultant, to do a project for the National Hockey League. And I worked directly on that project with Commissioner Bettman, Gary Bettman. And he got exposure to me uh, and the work that I had done around culture and social impact. throughout my 30-year career in industry. And at the end of that project, he asked me if I would come and help the sport of hockey go to its next level. We just celebrated our first centennial, first hundred years of the sport, which was, as you just described, really characterized by the, the speed and the excitement and the precision and the technology of the game that had really uh, just taken off. Um, But Commissioner Bettman, really being a visionary, said the next 100 years is going to be characterized by access and culture and millennials and Gen Zs and all the ways that those new audiences are going to consume our sport. And we want you to come and help us think about that.
1: You know, uh, Ms. Davis said something very interesting about the history of the sport, because hockey is a European sport. It actually started... In the late, uh, in the early 1800s, in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until 1875 that Montreal, Canada, introduced us to what is actually ice, ice hockey. Uh, hockey and soccer is very similar, except you kick, you use a stick to kick the the, t- the, the ball, or you use your foot to, uh, to kick the ball. And I remember um, during the early history of hockey when they were trying to get it into the Olympics. It worked for a while, but it did not work. And then after the, when hockey did not make it to the Paris games during the 1800s, um, people decided to do something. They wanted to make hockey a sport. And it's really happened when hockey became involved in these neighborhoods mm. and in these communities, mm-hmm. when they got the kids involved. They tried every formula, but when they brought it to the neighborhood, when they brought it to the classroom, when they brought it to the school, that's when h- hockey lit its fire.
0: Yeah. There's an incredibly rich history uh, in hockey as you've just outlined, but there's also another dimension of that history. And that is the the um, blacks in, in hockey going back to the 1800s. So there were um, freed slaves that, Primarily migrated from South Carolina and North Carolina that went to Nova Scotia. This was in um, 1895 um, and they started what was, um, has been described as the first hockey league before the National Hockey League was actually, uh, uh, came into being. And um, things like the slapstick are, are um, associated with uh, that first black team.
1: They perfected it. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, so, th- this is one of the things, to your point earlier, about access um, and just um, awareness. I've been, since I've been at the league, which is 16 months, um, going around talking to kids, but particularly kids of color, about this history so that they understand that we have been part of this history of hockey for years. And to the point you made about your family going and consuming, once you get in that stadium and you actually see that live game, It's transformative. Uh, And so it really is about all kinds of kids having more access to the sport.
1: You know, when you see the midfielders, you see the goalies, you see the defenders, you see the forwards. And I think the thing that my relatives enjoyed about it, if you've ever run track, it's about speed. It's like a track meet on that ice. And most kids in their early years have learned how to skate. And when you can transform that athletic genius to that ice, and because, listen, just scoring, yes. to me, so is a miracle. It's a it miracle. It is. It's some it of is. the gifts that you see.
0: <laughs> right. And it's so intense. Well, keeping your eye on that puck, right? Yes. You know, that small black puck on that white ice is pretty amazing at the speeds that the, that, that these players are, are going at. Um, you know, people talk about hockey in the old paradigm with the guys with no teeth and, and you know, fighting. But, you know, that really is not what the sport it's is It's not about as well,
1: but it is a lot, and people like it. You're allowed, that, <laughs> well, you're allowed to kind of...
0: I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. I know that. you're not going to comment.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I hate to say this. Some people like that action. Well, that's it,
0: fine. Yes, that's yes. That's fine. That's yes. fine. But I think... But it's we, violence,
1: I understand. And,
0: but I think, you know, yes, there are people that love that, but also there are people that just love the speed, to your point, and the precision uh, and the skill that's required of, of, of the sport. The you know, hand eye coordination yeah. is so And to be critical. skating and using uh, a hockey stick at the same time, to your point, the coordination that's required, that's pretty unique uh, for any sport.
1: You know, I don't know any sport when you talk about social responsibility and you're working to diversify the sport. I don't know any sport that can so rarely diversify because it shows character. Yes. It shows nobility. Yes. It shows patience. Yes. It shows timing. It shows math because you know they're doing the math, they're measuring, they're looking for the, all the angles. If you ever stand study anything about geometry, all the angles are there. And they see themselves the perfect, where they're pushing that putt, that little black thing down the <laughs> eyes, and they're going back and forth, getting at the first perfect angle where you can get it in past the goalie. It's, I mean, and once it gets in past the goalie, you feel like you scored.
0: I know, you really do. Like the adrenaline is amazing, yeah, isn't it? It is. Your point about the, um, the the STEM education that is associated with with the sport. We actually, the league four years ago, developed a STEM curriculum with EverFi, which is an organization that is located here in D.C., to get kids understanding how to use hockey as a way to teach STEM education. And we now have exposed that to hundreds of thousands of kids all over the country, the STEM education, which is called the Future Goals Program. And so we are in schools all over the country, all over the U.S. and Canada, using hockey as a way to teach STEM education and a way to expose kids and their families to the sport.
1: You know, I you know, I'm a big fan of Pythagoras because mm-hmm. I, I the, the yeah. theorem Yes, of course. Pythagoras theorem and it's interesting what you just said, because I didn't realize that you had this program. The thing that my niece, because I have them all, they must love math, they must love science, they must love technology and engineering. And one of the things um, that they found themselves doing towards the end of the game, trying to figure out the formulas oh. of what gives you the best angles wow. to score that putt. And wow. it is all about STEM. Yeah. And to use something like a sport like hockey, because no other sport can do that. Yes. No other sport can do it's that. True. Like. It's true hockey where, because it almost has to be perfect. You must always, it also what you're measuring is also how you measure to get that goalie out of his position. That's an angle, which way you want to move to go to the putt, all right, that's, oh, that's about math.
0: That's, that's it, that's it. So that's why this future goals curriculum has been so well received and is so exciting. The teachers are so excited. And we just did up uh, three months ago, um, hockey day on the hill. And we had the teachers and the kids come and do a live ball hockey demonstration in the halls of Congress so that people could see how STEM education is used um, as a way to get people inspired around hockey.
1: How do you get parents in the inner city and different co- communities the rural south um, to understand how hockey is sort of like having an instrument? You know I've always believed this you learn this when you when kids are young is that music and art really stimulates something in the brain of a child. When you talk about reading to the child while they're in the womb, it's all about art. And there's something about playing an instrument, whether it's the piano, whether it's the guitar, it stimulates something very deeper in a child. And I find that with the sport of hockey. This is why, and you can tell I'm so excited to be (laughs) right. I'm really all pumped up because I never, you know, I really am. Because what it can do to unleash the brain and to make math and make make people really want to learn because you really want to figure out those angles. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the reason that we created that STEM education curriculum was we were struggling with that. The 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 uh, the point you just made. How do you get the sport into the masses, right? And it's not a one a one dimensional problem. I mean, we've got to we've got to have a lot of ways in which we're trying to get kids exposed. But partnering with schools is the one of the biggest ways for us to really get hockey out there. So it allows us to do a couple of things. It allows us to go into schools that aren't necessarily in areas where we currently have leagues, right? So we have now 32 leagues across Canada and the US now that Seattle has come on on board and we're all excited about that. But imagine all of those pockets in the United States and in Canada where kids would love to play the sport, but there's no real hockey in the area. So going into schools is one of the ways that we do it. The second way to your question around how do you get kids in, it, particularly in urban centers involved, is through ball and street hockey. You talked about the experience that you have with your son and really it wasn't, it didn't start on the ice. It really started no. ball and street. Yeah. And so two things, one is that we've got the governing bodies to begin to talk about ball and street hockey to, is, as being as important as ice hockey. Because if you think about places like California, Las Vegas, the Sun Belt areas, Dallas, Kids aren't gonna actually have that much exposure to sheets of ice, but they can start and get excited about hockey through ball and street hockey. So we have put tremendous amounts of dollars behind ball and street programs, particularly in urban and rural areas, so that that's their exposure, they fall in love and then they can make the connection to, to the ice. Or maybe not. Maybe in some areas that's what kids are going to play and they're going to get excited and go to a game, not because they've actually been on the ice, but because they've fallen, fallen in love with the sport through bo- through Ball
1: and Street. So, so for these schools that don't have any kind of access to a professional uh, amateur team mm-hmm. in their neighborhood, it's yeah. a huge investment to create that kind of environment. Yeah in a school system. Now, there are skating rings. Yes. That where people Rolling. go. So if someone's listening to the strong cast and watching the show today, a parent gets excited about what they're hearing today. What resources are available to, at least in their communities? When you say on the low end bar, yeah. on the low end bar, what can they do yeah. to take advantage of this?
0: So we've made... <laughs> Significant million dollars investments over the past uh, three years through what we call the Industry Growth Fund. And that's a program that has been supported by the, uh, the Hockey uh, Players Association as well as the league. And there are a couple of grassroots programs that are under that. One is we call it the Learn to Skate and the Learn to Play programs. And these are introductory programs in local communities. Many are associated with boys and girls clubs. Many are associated with YM and YWCAs, where kids can go in and have their first exposure, first learning to skate as early as two and three years old, and then the first exposure to an eight-week program where they learn the fundamentals of hockey. So go into your local community centers and see if they have the learn to skate and the learn to play programs as a start. Secondly would be the future goals programs. Those programs are in many school systems in both rural and in urban areas across the United States In hockey, learn to play, learn to skate, future goals, the STEM program are the introductory ways in which kids and families can get involved in the sport.
1: You know, even... um is what is also is very critical to this conversation is that many kids today, for some reason or another, they have these mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They have behavioral issues. They have not learned the key to teamwork. Mm -hmm. Um, They've not learned in some ways to be selfless. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're looking for something to give them real self-esteem, real self-worth, and real accomplishment, and what parents, don't understand about hockey at all sports to a lesser extent is that this is a tool, it's a hidden tool yes. that can use, that they can use to help them with their parenting yes. and providing the kids something to fulfill their times yes. and also a, a, a serves as an impetus for them to even do better in the classroom.
0: Yeah, you, you've nailed it, um, Armstrong. One of the things that we intentionally did a couple of years ago was to take all of those skills and all of those characteristics and attributes that hockey bring and wrap them up in what we call the Declaration of Principles. And the DOP, the Declaration of Principles, basically states all of the ways in which the sport of hockey add to character building. They add to discipline they promote teamwork, they they promote integrity, they promote inclusion. So all of those things that the sport promotes, in most centers now, if you go into um, a, um, a, a, a hockey ice center, you'll see the Declaration of Principles on the wall so that families can begin to understand that hockey can be, as you just described, a way in which kids can become better citizens, better to build characters so to use hockey, you know, how many kids in any sport are ever going to play professionally, but if you can use sport as a way to teach life skills that make you a better human being and to make you a stronger character driven individual, that's what parents are looking for their kids. And we believe that's what hockey delivers.
1: You know, I I must say Ms. Davis is really a remarkable story. Nothing unique. I don't always, you know, sometimes we like to take people's success of women and minorities, and we like to say the first historic, but, you know, you come from a family, (laughs) a foundation, the very same foundation that you built for your own kids. Um, There's just certain things that the government, certain things that only you can provide and those things have been with us from human slavery the day jury segregation no matter what people their thoughts may have been about people whether it's people who come out of the holocaust there are certain principles there are certain disciplines there are certain things that you must have for yourself that nobody because you know you can talk about emancipation but sometimes we have to give ourselves our own redemption Mm -hmm. through our own hard work and the things that we accomplish and success becomes a banner It becomes a marker for your children, for your nieces, your nephews, and even for your community. So obviously there is something that happened in your life where it's not unique because success is not unique. To me, failure and not using God's given talents and gifts that he's given you and, and the fact that he created you in your image is more of an insult if you don't take advantage of these opportunities. What has it been in your life? It has not always been sports. Some people need sports for that, but there's been something else. When you didn't have the hockey or the football or the role model, what is it about your life that has separated you from the rest of the pack?
0: Yeah, I, um, I, was, I was fortunate and blessed to have uh, parents and grandparents who uh, were uh, incredibly, they were leaders before we talked about leadership. Uh, My my grandfather, my my mother's father, um, who was not an educated man, but he was the smartest man that I've ever met. And he was really my first role model and my first mentor. Um, And I grew up in Chicago. He came from the South, from Georgia to Chicago, um, and was a leader in the community. And so I used to follow him around. And all of those characteristics and attributes that we just talked about, the discipline, the hard work, the teamwork, All of those things were things that he modeled and instilled in me. And it really formed the basis of who I am. On my father's side, my grandmother, Dr. Rose Butler Brown, was the first African-American woman in 1929 to get her PhD from Harvard. Um, And she used to tell the story of being one of only two women in her class, uh, obviously the only woman of color, and how the other woman would not study with her Um, For sure, the guys wouldn't, but she was surprised that the other woman wouldn't study with her. And notwithstanding that, she graduated second in her class. And she was never bitter. She was always someone that used that as a way. She was a child psychologist. And she spent her life helping families, particularly families of color, um, build the character that was necessary for them to be self-sufficient. So on both sides, I had great role models, um, great character building, um, you know, uh, just just really strong individuals, strong women. And so that really has made me who I am today.
1: It, it, it is important in order to know success, you must see it. Mm-hmm. You must see it in examples. And so your early role models were not necessarily somebody on TV or somebody you were reading about. Your role models was with you every day, 24-7. Yeah. yeah. And that is a foundation that is critical. And and unfortunately, if you fast forward the day, the world has changed. Um, Social media has changed so much. Mm -hmm. The likes and dislikes, the self-worth. You have a lot of young people committing suicide. But I have found, uh, in preparation for this show, when kids are involved in sports, when they're involved in things that give meaning to their life, when they have a spiritual foundation and they have someone who believes in them and who can find things in themselves early on that they can find and develop those things. Suicide uh, becomes something that is non-existent success. No matter how you may define it, it's not always defined by money and wealth and positions. There's wealth of character. There's wealth of integrity. There's wealth of respect. Uh, And there's wealth getting the most out of every situation that you're in, because that is eventually what separates you from the pack. Yeah,
0: I I agree with that 100 percent. Sports really does provide discipline. There's no question about it. But it also allows you to see yourself in others and for them to see themselves in you. And I think that it it teaches the early um, the the early uh, characteristics that help build the character that you talk about But also it makes kids feel like they are part of something larger. And I do think keeping kids busy, particularly these days and off of social media, not that social media isn't important, but we have to get back to play. We have to get back to kids feeling like they they, they, uh, you know, can communicate with each other face to face. Right. I think a lot of the bullying that goes on is because people can hide behind things like social media. They aren't building what I call professional intimacy with each other anymore. And so I think sports provides a way in which kids can engage in a different way.
1: So if someone today um, wanted to say, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm hearing, how do I get involved? and the National Hockey League. How do I find a place where I learn about skating and all these wonderful things about hockey? Is there a website? Is there a program in my community? Is there a national number? Uh, Anything that I can learn more because right now I'm enthusiastic about hockey and I don't want to lose that enthusiasm.
0: So www.nhl.com, this is hockey within that portal. will describe everything in detail that I just outlined. Uh, And including ways in which to get in touch with me and others across our system that can help you engage. Hockey is for Everyone is is the banner in which we talk about expanding our sport and the cultural aspects of our sport. And when you go into that portal, you will see Hockey is for Everyone. And it will list all of the things that we're doing all over the country, all over North America, that allow families and kids to get involved in the
1: sport. And... A lot of players have created wealth for themselves and their communities as a result of pursuing hockey.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are all kinds of angles and not just players, but those that work uh, in the front office, behind the scenes as broadcasters. Kevin Weeks, as an example, who was a former goalie, uh, is now a broadcaster on uh, Uh, NHL.com. There are so many ways in which you can consume the sport, both on the ice and off the
1: ice. Well, listen, I, we cannot thank you for joining us uh, enough for this edition of the Strong Cast, um, talking about hockey and joint hockey. And listen, parents definitely in areas around the country where it's popular, they should really consider hockey. Yeah, well, I know they, they always think about basketball and football, but they really should consider hockey.
0: Try it one time. I promise you, you will fall in love with it forever.
1: You know, and it's not, you know, they see hockey as yeah. golf and tennis as an affluent sport. It's everyday people.
0: Everyday people has always been everyday people and that's what's gonna make our sport great.
1: And it's affordable.
0: It is affordable and in those areas where people can't afford it, we provide ways in which to help them.
1: Well, I gotta tell you something. I'm a hockey fan, always will be a hockey fan. I love the STEM aspect of it. I know you guys are like puzzles, and you (laughs) want to figure out angles. If you really want to figure out an angle, figure out how to get that putt past that goalie. And that's a challenge. And I know you can do it, but it's not going to happen overnight. And so the best time is to start now. What's that website again?
0: www.nhl.com. Hockey is for everyone. This is hockey.
1: This is hockey, and this is the strong cast, our guest has been. Kim Davis, the executive director. I'm Armstrong Williams. So long.